Sorry, I just clicked on Daily Mail headline about brawless Kendall Jenner, but I'm focused now. What was that story about? Who wrote it? <laughs> I didn't check the byline, but Kendall was entering a fashion event with her sister Chloe at Nobu in Malibu. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can only imagine what kind of fashion event they're holding at Nobu in Malibu. Must be some <laughs> really good stuff. Really good stuff. Well, if you read below the fold, mm-hmm. Chris, you would know mm-hmm. that it was for... Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't say. <laughs> you thought you were slick. You thought Big Dog was about to learn me something. I'm trying to. I'm reading, but every time I <laughs> click on the DailyMail.co.uk, my Chrome browser just shuts down. No, I believe that the issues I was having with my computer a few weeks ago that have now been fixed thanks to the installation of the new Mac operating system were caused by Daily Mail pop-ups. That's what I've just said. That's what I've decided. <laughs> the Daily Mail pop-up is like walking through a minefield in like a war-torn country. It's it's truly uh, it's 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 a fool's errand. It's the it's the stuff that Russian hackers only dream of. Exactly. The level of the ability to take down entire server farms and networks. Speaking of hacker, did you read this thing about your girl Grimes hacking hipster runoff? She doxed hipster runoff back in the day? No, I did not, but can you yeah. uh, enlighten our listeners who might not know what that is of course i didn't know this yeah vanity i guess during the vanity fair story she told that like yeah it's crazy like hipster runoff kept being mean to me so i had my friend who worked in like internet stuff dox him (laughs) and like it was apparently like a full-blown like server attack and like it ruined his life really it was a, a ddos attack chris is that what it was yeah exactly and it was like it's a big i mean Obviously, it was like, you know, 10 years ago at this point. Like, who, yeah. who actually cares? And she uh, copped to this charge and said, yes, that was, in fact, me. Is I wonder if that, I mean, is that, what's, what are the legal ramifications of I that? I believe there's, I mean, look, I don't know if the... <laughs> I don't know if the FBI is going to get involved in something <laughs> that, that features a website named Hipster Runoff that was an anonymous. If you are admitting to some type of cyber attack, you no, know, agreed, agreed. You could take Grimes to court. I guess I'm sure um, Hipster Runoff's legal team is not quite as the pockets aren't as deep as what Grimes has in her corner. Do you remember how good Hipster Runoff was? That shit was legitimately funny, man. That guy hit some home fucking runs in his day. That was kind of the first internet troll almost, and it happened to be in the world that I was very um, very much a member of. I don't know. It was like legitimately pretty funny. It was. like, And it had like such a style to it. It, 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 it had like a, a voice that things didn't have at the time. Yeah. And if the tr- this is the good old days of trolling where if somebody had something to say about you in a troll manner and it was hurting your feelings or it was maybe a little too cruel or too cutting, if it was actually that funny or that good... Then you know, like you just kind of had to take it, take it on the chin, and be like, you know, great job, that was funny, whatever. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Grimes didn't feel that same way, but I was luckily, for whatever reason, hipster runoff always kind of treated me a little, little kindly. The story also included like last night's party photos. I, I read some, some person wrote about this and was like basically like enraged of course you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i can't believe she admitted to this crime but it like <laughs> it all goes back to her like grimes in a last night's party photo like kissing another girl it's all so good old days bro it's from a different time that like i can't believe anybody cares about this is the reality but i think the real reality is we need to get grimes on how long gone finally get to the bottom of this i don't care who's at the top but 
we do have a food guest today, so I guess we should talk about culinary things. When we were when we were recording with Diplo, he was talking about uh, how Rick Rubin told him to be a carnivore, mm-hmm. have a carnivore diet, mm-hmm. and that uh, that was I feel like that was a scoop. I didn't know that that Rick Rubin was doing that. Yeah, that was a scoop. I didn't. I I always think of Rick as a staunch vegan, but that could just be his look. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I I like that Diplo was talking about his diet as his assistant brought him breakfast. It felt <laughs> it felt it felt a little too well timed, if you ask me. I want to get to that point where you're sitting in your house in Malibu and you think. I want some peanut butter. I want peanut butter. <laughs> and then somebody was just like, "Here you go. Your wetsuit is half off." It's give. It's giving. Uh, it's, it's giving five year old. Yeah. On you know being babysat. Vibe. You're, you're, you have your wetsuits half off. You got your MPC booting up. You know you <laughs> putting the zip drive in the MPC and and the zip disk in the MPC <laughs> and and then. What year is it, Chris? I mean, Diplo loves. I mean, you know, he's a real student of the game. You know, so mm-hmm. as he kept referencing your your fellow DJ Africa Bambata, sure, I know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I know that he's kind of a five elements type cat. So I'm Those sure things the old fashioned way, yeah, the way yeah. it's supposed to be. I get it. I actually, I didn't see any electronic equipment in his studio. It was all kind of analog, mm-hmm. from what I could, from what I could see. I saw an acoustic guitar, so I, <laughs> nothing's more analog than an acoustic guitar. That could have. I mean, he probably has. 11 studios in his house and that was just one of them it's all good that's probably it was probably just a gift from ed sheeran you know just kind of hang that up on the wall yeah but it but it had me thinking like i i feel like because i was talking to bay on the on the dog walk this morning about about that and she was and she reminded me like oh i think like during like balls deep in lockdown you actually did that for a week like i i did more or less kind of like a carnivore diet do you remember that i don't remember that. i don't remember anything dude i talked to you i talked to you so remember. i talked to you so much <laughs> that it, it, it's in one ear and out the other thank god i know thank and, god. I, and i listen to me so much that i don't know either but i she she said I proclaimed that I lost ten pounds in a week, and I'm like, damn, I, I guess I need to. You've proclaimed you've proclaimed you've lost ten pounds so many times to me from different little, <laughs> different little scams that you do. Yeah, I just I can't get over the hump of of like, hey, this I've never felt better in my entire life. This is the ideal human diet. And you are not eating a single vegetable or a piece of fruit. Well, you should talk to my mom. You should talk talk to my mom. I think that's basically how she eats. <laughs> <laughs> She's been eating like that since 1997 and didn't even know it was a trend. So she she eats salad. <laughs> she eats salad just to be polite. It's no no no. Salad gets pushed to the side. Like salad is not on the menu at the Black House. She'll no no no. They'll they'll be like a bag. Yeah, that's true. Salad that's true. That, kind no, of thing true. with some with. When you're when you're having the salad at your at your parents' house, shout outs to Gary and Linda. When you guys are doing that salad, is there an assortment of dressing options? Oh, baby, available from the from the Hidden Valley, or is it just like we just toss this in a vinaigrette and keep it moving? Vinaigrette? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's ranch only at the Black Household. That's maybe why. Okay. I mean, I I bet they've moved on from that as they've as they've uh, gotten older and their uh, palates have developed. But they've evolved. We were a ranch dressing household, and I think there's there's that's part of the reason I've rebelled so deeply against the ranch and big yeah. big ranch is because it was it was part of my childhood. Name big creamy but but what i wanted to know was that's what they call me on the basketball court i made a, i made a big creamy last night i'm not gonna front but what, what i wanted to know was there is there a was was there a, like a, a an assortment like when you order some mezcal in mexico city they bring over the whole cart because so, I, I feel like my house or like other other kids houses that i go to it would be like here's the hidden valley ranch 
Here's the Hidden Valley Thousand Island. Here's the there must have you been know, whatever the Italian style. There there was always like three or four different dressing options. There must have been, but I only remember ranch. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I think there's probably a, a Thousand Island. I do agree. They're probably all from the Hidden Valley Corporation. They're all in. Mm-hmm. In bought in sizes that are astronomical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's, there's, it's impossible to ever finish it. The size of Bill's life partners, coffee mate, creamer. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, sixty four exactly. ounce big gulp. <laughs> exactly, the sixty four ounce big gulp of Thousand Island. Well, hopefully, hopefully your mom has switched over to Newman's own. You know, they donate a lot of those proceeds to charity. Chris, he donated, he donated all the. He never made a dollar. He donated all the money. Never made a dollar. One of the coolest stories. I mean. There was a great Vanity Fair story about like after he died, there was like a fight for the company. It was really good. It was really interesting. Damn. Well, I mean, who bought the rights to that? Uh, great question. Um, I think Jude Law could play a great Paul Newman, though. Just putting that out <laughs> well, there. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to have a young Newman and an old and an old Newman because I point. feel like he didn't get into dressings until kind of later in his career. You know the story that he made the dressings in like a bathtub in his house and gave them out to his neighbors as holiday gifts and Martha Stewart was his neighbor and was like you got to make this. I did not know that bathtub. Yeah, or, yeah, you got you she was like this is this is good. You should do something Paul with it. Paul Newman whipping that moonshine? Uh, yeah, Paul Newman was in the kitchen with the Pyrex and it was luckily just a nice vinaigrette. <laughs> you know, Paul <laughs> Paul wasn't on his young Jeezy. He was just doing him, you know. He was doing something a little more a little more productive. Damn, I didn't know that. It's all in the it's all in the I, I didn't know that either until I read the story. It's really good. I believe it was in, in Vanity Fair. But also I've had Paul Newman dressing and I'm always just like pretty good. I've n- I've never eaten a Paul Newman product and been like holy motherfucking shit. No, but it was like kind of ahead of the curve on yeah, being it was like early relatively days. healthy, yeah, relatively true. healthy and like feeling like crunchy in a nice way but being like mass. Like you could get it anywhere. Crunchy and the, in a nice way. Yeah, I don't mean the I don't mean the the mouth feel. I mean like the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also it's also spiritually crunchy. It's also um, you know it, it had iconic packaging with that mug on the on the bottle. Take my money. Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't care if you donate it to fucking a Russian oligarch. Take it. I can't wait to talk to Bill about um, restaurants and and um, <laughs> how you hate them all and I hate them all for different reasons and hopefully we can all find like a common ground. I think the only thing that we're going to have common ground on is that none of us ever want to go to Venice, even if Evan Funky's food is that good. <laughs> if, Evan Fu- if Evan Funky sends the Escalade, I'm still going to think twice about going to Venice. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the goddamn truth. I, I don't, I mean, I haven't been in so long because it used to be something you would do kind of on the way to and from the airport. But since we linked up with Vic... You know, like you would you would stop over yeah. at Abbott, can you go to Justa, yeah, exactly. and get a baguette, something yeah, like that. I would yeah, hit, yeah. hit Justa for for a little lunch, but you know that those days have passed. That's just how bad Venice is. It used to be like oh, we'll do a little, make a little day trip out of it, see the see the ocean, and then I think all of Los Angeles collectively just went like, you know what, I'm good. No, if you don't live there, you don't go there, Damn, bro. Let's give Bill a jingle and um, talk shop with the God. Yeah, Bill, we just did a, a shirtless interview with Diplo 
a half an hour ago. Whoa! So it's a real Mount Rushmore of uh, musical talent here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you play, Bill? Bass, guitar, drums, anything? What do you got? Piano. You know what? I went to Berklee College of Music for vocal performance. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Did he really? really? Yeah. And this guy contains multi. That's that's very impressive. What kind of vocal are we talking about? We singer songwriter show tunes hip hop. Yeah, like white boy with soul, which isn't even that PC anymore. But like. <laughs> Okay, okay. I will be right here waiting for you. Oh, yeah. That's like Mayor Hawthorne's in the room with us right now. <laughs> yeah, you, what, what would you, yeah, are you a tenor? Where are we at? With I'm it? almost, yeah, I'm a tenor. I had a super high falsetto. Ooh, baby. I live in an apartment with very thin walls, so I'm sad <laughs> my voice is so out of shape because I am too self-conscious about singing for the neighbors. But mm-hmm. yeah, I used to sing like Earth, Wind, and Fire shit. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's no, that's impressive. You either got that or you don't. That feels like a God's hand touched those chords. You know what I'm saying? I needed to be touched by God in some way, so that was that was. <laughs> I'm so so so, so your your craft. You need to be able to belt it out. So you you can't just do it in in the confines of your home. Your neighbors are going to be like, it sounds amazing, but at some point you're going to have to stop. I mean, I just need the kind of full voice space to go ahead and... You need an amphitheater. Yeah, feel my vocal power, but I... (laughs) So that's like, honestly, the number one reason why I want to move into some place that just doesn't have thin walls where I can hear the neighbors walking around. You're going to move out to Texas like Joe Rogan and everyone else, Bill? Go ahead and decline. (laughs) Bill... Bill said, no, nah, I'm all set on that, Chief. I'll just get a different apartment. I'll just move. It's all good. I don't have to go that far. If I had to live in Texas, I'd live in Houston because the food scene is very good there. Classic foodie response. Classic, Classic foodie, foodie response. response. I know. There's more pho than in Vietnam down here in Houston. <laughs> I went to Houston recently, uh, and it's great. I love it there. I, I got, Chris loves it for the art galleries. Yeah, the art is it's some of the best in the world. Like It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. What oil money can do. I was just going to say, Fort Worth is the same way. From oil money to oil paintings. So they have <laughs> ah. the food, they have the fine art. Some classic rap music is coming from Houston's, but I think culturally, they're 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 still a couple years behind just in terms of you know the pop culture that we kind of it's still Texas as a city slicker. I I still get there. I'm like, oh, you guys are still doing this. You guys are still dressing like that. You're still listening to this. You know, where are you from, Bill? Not Texas. I'm from Maryland originally. Oh come on, man, Maryland. There's nothing to talk about there. I know, but you know what? I lived in Atlanta most of my adult life oh did you we can talk atlanta restaurants i haven't been back in four years which is crazy jason hates jason hates when we talk atl on this podcast so right but jason told me that would be an appeal of this well he lied to you that's kind of what we do we we like to (laughs) dangle the carrot for the guests get them on and then kind of do a little switcheroo so i see okay it takes some finessing to get a big fish on the hook yeah i get him on the hook chris reels him in were you a critic in atlanta i was i started at the all weekly there creative loafing oh baby i have a deep history with the loaf as (laughs) they call it nearly r.i.p but i was lucky i got there at the end of its glory great name for an alt paper so you know my boy you know my boy wyatt williams then do you guys have beef or you friends we are friends actually we (laughs) later worked together at atlanta magazine okay writing about food why it's the best yeah why it came on why it did the pod when his book came out i listened to Wyatt's podcast yeah i did my homework so bill you did you did you start listening to 
how long gone when we asked you to come on it or were you already familiar or aware of us? A little of both, I'll be honest. I was aware of you. I read the articles about you. And when you invited me, then I started listening. That's all that we can ask for. So did you move there just to go to Blake's or was there another appeal of Atlanta? Uh Atlanta There we go. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I was never really a Blake's guy. Got to be honest. Not my... Me neither. Me neither. Chris, describe Blake's in one sentence for our listeners and myself who have never heard of this. Southern gay bar. Oh, okay. Three words. Yeah. That, I mean, that's all you need, but it's like a legendary Atlanta spot. Right at Gay Ground Zero, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of right of that corner of Piedmont. And mm-hmm. and uh, can't even remember the, what's the cross street? Tent? Yeah, it's Pent. I, okay. when I, when I jo- Piedmont and Glory Hole, like, right there <laughs> on the corner. Because <laughs> sometimes when I jog by there, I make sure to put my shirt back on. You know what I mean? It gets a little crazy. There. It gets a little crazy over there. Yep. You get pulled into the... Uh, Flying Biscuit for, oh, baby. you know. Jason, Flying Biscuit is this like Atlanta. I believe it's co-owned by one of the Indigo Girls. It, it's a, but it's like this breakfast place. My stomach's growling now. Might be a myth that it's owned by one of the <laughs> Indigo Girls. I think, I, think it, or, I think there's a lot of owners. I think she okay. is merely one. You know what I mean? Or yes, an investor. I think, okay. But, this, yeah, but this place, this place, Jason, is like a classic neighborhood place. And then, Bill, you can, I mean, this is, this is a, 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 a tale as old as time, but I would, it became like they opened five or six in Atlanta. It became this thing. And I kept hearing that they were going to do 50 of these. Mm-hmm. This thing is going fucking global, baby. We're taking it everywhere. We get all this bread. We're going to Cincinnati. We're going to <laughs> Cleveland. And then like nothing ever happened. Well, also the food lost its soul. Did it? See, that was my, that was yeah. my next question. Was, was it a quality of product issue? Sorry, Flying Biscuit. In the 90s when it opened and I was a young lad... <laughs> It was all the rage, and those biscuits, baby, they did fly. But they they have landed. It's tough to get a nice, real, real soul biscuit here in L.A., isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the one at All Day Baby, kind of loaded with all sorts of good stuff, the Mm -hmm. bacon and sausage action. I went went there once for that one. It didn't... Did you didn't love it? It didn't kick me in the dick the way I wanted it to. Where is this? What neighborhood is this in? It sounds like it's in a bad neighborhood. It's in Silver Lake. Silver Lake. I'm good. I love it. I mean, I like the people that do that restaurant. Yeah. I just I went there and I was, you know. Okay. But you you mentioned Soul. I I hate every almost every restaurant Bill. You are not allowed to say that publicly probably, but we'll we're going to find out by the end of this hour, aren't we? I don't know. I am kind of a lover. I have to say so. Bill, this isn't this isn't OnlyFans. This isn't a singles podcast. So like, let's stop. <laughs> we don't need to sell yourself that hard, you know. The good news is that I have myself a very good man. So <laughs> All right, Bill. All right, Bill, go off. I but like I will it. say, uh, doing my research that my man loves a Mastros and <laughs> Beverly Grill. So, and that wasn't my scene. Sounds hot. <laughs> now it's kind of become Myself. Who is your man? Who is your man? We're going to call him S because he's a private soul, but he's in the music industry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Maestro's or, okay. or Mastro's tracks for him then. They it have does. no choice. And they have Craig no choice. And Mr. Chow. Oh, it sounds like you're, mm-hmm. you better, you better hold on to him tight. I'm coming for him. <laughs> <laughs> we have similar, t- we have similar tastes. Mastro's, Mastro's didn't do anything for me, but you know. No, it, it doesn't. Okay. And, and all right. It, it doesn't do anything for me either, but. Great. They have a great piano singer though. He took all my requests. That's good to know. 
One of his artists actually used to sing at Mastro's. So. Oh, oh, that's good. That, wow. So there's a Mastro's to... It's a tangled little web that we seem to be in right now. Yes. Don't we, yes, Bill? indeed, sir. Not not talking about soul food, but just like the food, the soul that is inside of all foods is something that a lot of people don't really even notice or pay, pay attention to anymore. Or maybe they, that part of their brain isn't able to recognize or translate the soul that's coming through. And obviously, me as a super taster, it's been a thing that I've struggled with for decades. Now. I am so sorry. And very I feel like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills sometimes when these people say this food is good, and I'm like, yeah. you know, it's good on paper, but it's got no soul, it's got no balls, it's got no life, it's got no piss and vinegar in it, it's got no mm. oomph, you know? Yeah, yeah, Jason. Yeah, I know when you're eating sweet green every day, you're thinking this has no piss and vinegar in it. You know, I know you're. It you're has real. vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> And some of their delicious dressings. to see where this is going to go because uh, <laughs> it's not going anywhere, Bill. Let me tell you right now. This is this. No, is a- I, I want to know. But all that is to say, you know, how do you recognize the soul in food? Is it something that you just picked up inherently? Did you have to work at it? Did you just realize one day that I'm able to, I'm able to see something in this food that other people can't, or? Is all of this just smoke and mirrors and none of it makes sense because it's all intangible anyway? Oh, I wouldn't say that it's smoke and mirrors. Or maybe not smoke and mirrors, but it's so subjective. Yes. So I feel like, yeah, a big part of my job is just the storytelling part of it, right? It's just to kind of make people take a breath enough to maybe see what I see Mm. in some of the food, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I don't know. You get a, a taco from Taqueria San Miguel and it's, you know, carne asada that's grilled right there in front of you. And then they slather it with like saucy guacamole avocado sauce. And you mm. bite into it and you're like, there's some soul right there. But there's but there's so many places where they do the exact same thing, but it ain't got the soul in it. Well, sure. But here's the brilliant thing about being in Los Angeles. And look, I've covered restaurants in Atlanta, San Francisco, Dallas, and then the country when I was Eater's National Critic. Mm -hmm. But LA has the most. LA does the most. So there's so much here that I don't even have to write about the food that has no soul. I get to just ignore it. Mm. And it's only when it's like so inignorable, if that's even a word, that (laughs) I, I just, you know, I have to comment on it. But otherwise... I just, if I don't think that, that there's any soul pouring out of your food or, or what else, you know, what are the adjectives we can come up to describe the, the goodness of food, then I just don't write about it. There's so much. In LA, we have the privilege of never having to write a negative review because there's more than enough good or great places to talk about and signal boost as well. And I mean, maybe some people have a problem with that because everyone loves to read a shit talking negative review. Mm-hmm. That's right. We do. That's yeah, right. We do. Exactly. Right. But it's just, I would say number one, still in a pandemic people trying to make a living. Yep. See, I'm going to have to push back on you. On this. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have to push back. Do it. Not on the pandemic, <laughs> but the pandemic part, that's understood. That's over. But I mean more so. The, <laughs> I, I, I think this. I think this. No, I think this. This. This way of thinking, and I. I see. I see both. So I think it's reasonable. Like you don't want to. Obviously, you don't want to ruin someone's livelihood when the deck is stacked against them. Uh, also, when the deck is stacking against them, that is no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like a situational thing. They didn't cause this. It was all Biden's fault. 
Yeah, exactly. That was a but joke, a Bill. Jo- that was a joke, Bill. <laughs> I'm maintaining silence. Bill, that was just a joke. Just testing the waters, Chief. Don't worry. This is just a little joke. Just a quick little joke. But I, but I think that the, 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 I mean, criticism is criticism, and I don't know if, if the job should the job change situationally like that, or do you just feel personally responsible that like you don't want blood on your hands? I think it's somewhat circumstantial. I think it's the amazingness of Los Angeles and it might be a little bit of age. I started doing this 20 years ago. Mm. And when I was writing reviews at creative living, Oh, I was so happy to trash you. If I thought you didn't measure up. (laughs) Yeah. I look back at some of those reviews and I'm like, I call your, your shitty salad, like bad rabbit over vinegared rabbit food. And Oh baby. And Dallas was a really interesting place to be kind of I like that. It was, it was kind of an interesting place. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I said how I felt there and, and a lot of the readers didn't like it because I was an outsider and Texans yeah. don't really like outsiders coming in to give their opinions. And while I respect that, it was still like, it wasn't that I was doing it out of disrespect. I was just calling it the way I see it. So mm-hmm. I would say that if we talk again, in a year, maybe I'm writing a lot more negative reviews because it just feels like the moment. But there's also a little bit of catch up right now, too, right? Like I went into deep takeout mode. <laughs> I went into talking about like pop ups and finding the cool ones there to pull out and and discuss in my work. But right now I'm finding it's so it's really fun to just get back into restaurants and kind of start riding that vibe again and seeing kind of the ways that people left off in their ways of thinking about food. Like, my God, there are so many Italian restaurants in this city. It's like, it's ridiculous. It never stops. And none of them are good. Uh, all right. Speak. I mean, I'm good for it. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, just, okay. kidding just kidding. <laughs> no, I under- no, I understand what you're saying. I, I think that, but I also think that across all genres and mediums, like, criticism is is just looked at now as negative like i don't think people understand that being critical isn't being negative necessarily right so it's the toughest time to be a critic right now in in the history of humankind i would agree i would i would say i would agree with that and i feel i hear your thing like that word innately is critical criticism negativity but i don't know i know you're allergic to earnestness chris so forgive me. no 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 i think no i i just no i just think, that, I think it's a I lot think of it's... context and nuance and i think that's part of what comes with age too when i see mm-hmm. younger generations of people doing these things and they they come in at at angles that that feel really fresh and and are as much about like what's happening in the social political realms as it is with the actual food i respect that but i'm also I also feel good about how I've done things for a long time as well, which doesn't necessarily ignore that, but is maybe a little less overt. Yeah. No, no, I understand. It's also like there's a way to be critical without being like, this shit sucks. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like you saying you can improve on something, but this worked and that didn't work is like, to me, that's what I would want. If I'm considering going to a restaurant or reading about a new restaurant, I, that's the information I would want. Or a criticism about anything, that's the way it should yeah, be. But yeah. I, it's, it's become harder and harder to be able to do that. Or, or 
people are becoming or critics are becoming lazier and lazier because they know that a scathing review will get the clicks versus I also hope that readers are reading to the end of articles too. They're not, but I wish they would too. Right. Exactly. And almost I tend to save my criticism for the bottom of the article too. So it's almost like a reward. If you get to the bottom, you know what I didn't like at a restaurant. I wouldn't even say that it's just kind of an organic flow from my writing to be like, this is this place. This is what this place is trying to achieve. How well is it achieving what it's looking out for? These are things that you should zero in on. And then like, here's a small list of grievances. Here's a a place, Mm -hmm. some places that I think you could improve. Everyone loves a takedown review. And it's gotten harder and harder to do that. And I, but I don't want the critics of the world to give up on it. Yeah, message received. Okay, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, message. I'm, I'm coming back. For no, it. I mean, I no, I mean, I, I think that like it's it's rare. I mean, you know, it's like the famous Pitchfork review of the Jet album. You know, that comes up every every year as like the funniest what is it a picture of someone like pissing in their own mouth or something it's, it's a monkey pissing in its own mouth yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> which is great because that those guys i mean that record they made so much money licensing that like those guys have to laugh all the way to the mm-hmm. bank you know what i mean but i think that yeah i think that with restaurants it's it's there's like that and like nightclubs and anything that's based on that there's like a little bit of a period where it's really make or break Mm -hmm. you know where it's like this first six months or whatever if it doesn't pop it's probably not going to happen which can also be tricky too because restaurants and chefs are sometimes giving it their all in six months and i like i remember a restaurant that is exceedingly popular in new york that got all kinds of praise and when i went Slightly after the six month mark, I kind of finally made it to New York and ate there. I was living in Atlanta at the time. And I was like, ooh, this is, this is not living up to all the hype. For me, I was, I ate the meal and I wasn't like, oh man, this hype is bullshit. I don't think that this was, this restaurant was ever good. Mm. I was more like, ah, everyone's exhausted. And the kind of the B team is in the kitchen right now while everyone recuperates from like giving it their all and waiting for Pete Wells to like review the restaurant. That makes sense. Who are you cooking for the, the customers or the critics, you know, it's a tough thing to figure out. Obviously the customers really, but I, (laughs) it's a business model too, man. And you got to, that's what makes it so fun. I mean, customers are dumb. I mean, that's the thing. Like most customers are dumb. It's like they want a hamburger and French fries. And if it tastes good, those dumb dumbs keep the lights on though, you know? No, I know I'm saying, but I think that the, like the stuff that, critics are there's obviously an overlap on what everybody's looking for but a lot of that is like did i have fun at this restaurant probably is, is more consumer mm. you know consumer facing i think applebee's that, that, is a fun place than the food itself for for a lot of people food critics get this reputation for you know kind of looking for places that people would consider not mainstream or doing you know odd food this is my biggest this is my biggest pet peeve thank you for this okay <laughs> like i bought a hamburger out of a window on the, on the in bed like fuck out of here with that like <laughs> fuck out of here i mean i was coming from it from the angle of if everyone serves the same menu over and over and over again maybe the customers are thrilled about that but i'm bored sure so mm-hmm. i'm looking elsewhere and that doesn't mean that i want like whatever the weirdest ham like i actually don't want the weirdest hamburger out there <laughs> but i'm excited when someone's like if you're making southern food that you're not going to just 
put like pimento cheese dip and fried chicken and smothered mm. pork chops on the menu, which are all delicious things. But if you serve them over and over and over again, that's so that's one kind of model. But for someone who eats for a living, that don't impress you much. What's your spin? What's your flair? How do you make it your own? Will it be something that I fall in love with? Uh, well, you, you mentioned before how when you went to Texas, they didn't take too kindly to you at first or perhaps, you know, an outsider coming in. You've probably experienced some of that coming to Los Angeles, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. How often uh, do mm. people try to test your, your gangsta, test your food <laughs> knowledge, you know, G-check you of like, how are you allowed to talk about XYZ when you haven't been living here for 50 years or whatever, you know? It's a thing. I will just say it's a thing, particularly in the context of replacing Jonathan Gold yeah, yeah, in his job. And, you know, he's a lifelong Angelino and he set the bar not only for kind of prose styling and food writing, but also for like the sense of curiosity and that kind of sense of not like voyeurism or Columbusing in the, the many, many communities of Los Angeles, but like looking at it with, with a sincere curiosity and affection and, and illuminating that for readers. And you haven't done any of that. Nothing I've done. I've failed. <laughs> Abjectly. You're like, I came to LA and I went to horses next. Uh, what else? I mean, you got? Hey, I like horses, but also, uh, no, I mean, that's, of course, that's what I try and do here as well. And sure. You know, it just takes time. I, I was in the job for, a year and three months before the pandemic hit. So it, it derailed so much in our lives. And just in that, this tiny, small, low meaning in the, in the big world thing, like it's taking readers a while to, to catch on, I think, to, to whether I'm someone they want to be reading consistently or not. I take pretty pictures on Instagram, so I was my own photographer for Eater. They didn't. Yeah, no, you do. You do a great food pic. Wasn't in the budget to uh, to have a photographer follow me around the country for five years. So I learned how to do it. Well, I I guess now that I think of it, food criticism is kind of the one critic that is still, you know, does some effort to remain anonymous. And you know, like I'm looking at you right now, but no, most people don't know what you look like. So you are able to kind of have true criticism about something because you're not using it as a platform to, you know, like I'm going to be a YouTuber who reviews albums or something like that yeah. to, to, to grow my own personal profile. It's, it's, it's kind of true selfless criticism. Is there any other criticism where the, the critic is usually anonymous? I don't think so. And I think criticism or food criticism, the anonymity matters less and less to younger generations. They're not worrying about it. I just don't, I don't like to be swarmed at a table. And I, I'm, you know, I say that with respect to restaurants again. You mean overserved? Yeah. Like over, and, and if, like everybody's on top correct. of it? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And it's very, I get it. it's very. Killing evident. you with plates, as they say. Yeah. Every relationship I've been in, the guy I'm with, if it's two of us, is suddenly like, oh, you've been recognized. Mm-hmm. Everything has uni on it all of a sudden. Right. I think. Little, they, yeah. Which somebody yeah. pointed out your eight by 10 on the wall in the kitchen. <laughs> They're like, those exist. Mr. Addison yeah. is here. God damn it. He's here. So, you know, I don't, I can't tell you. I mean, again, like I'm at the cusp of 50. I can't tell you I'm going to be anonymous forever. Jonathan gold wasn't anonymous forever. And he, people seem to love 
the job that he did when he showed his face. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to relax about it. I was uptight, very uptight about it for many, many years. And and Eater was a fun gig because I was so all over the place in the country, like, yeah, you never knew where I was going to show up. And I could just delay mm-hmm. things on Instagram and then be like, yo, Cincinnati, here I am, you know, and, and I'm eating like spaghetti, chili, chili spaghetti. So the <laughs> anonymous thing is fun and feels definitely like a throwback to a different time. But like, exactly, it, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you know what I mean? It, it does make sense in a lot of ways. But I think that like it makes it pure. Yeah. When, you have, when it's anonymous, yeah. like that's yeah. that's that's what some, I, I always thought it's so beautiful because you are sort of like, this is my life's work. I'm sacrificing my status and popularity in the world to some extent in order yep. to do my job and my duty to the best of its ability to have a truly kind of subjective look at everything. Exactly. Nicely said. So my hat's off to you, Bill. Thank you, sir. Your bone hat. And it's good that you remain anonymous because if everyone knew what you look like in LA, you might not even be with us anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. be the victim of a drive-by shooting. <laughs> it's like when I go to restaurants with Jason, you know, they send over all these desserts. I'm like, I'm trying not to eat dessert. What are they? I was going to say, do they do that just to be mean to you? Or are they doing that out of... <laughs> they do it to be mean to me and nice to him. So it kind of <laughs> checks two boxes that once <laughs> that's the problem that we get chris um you might not know it as much but bill and i have been a victim of getting food bombed from a restaurant and it's always here's seven desserts because they were already made it's the end of the night we're just gonna <laughs> throw them away anyway that's a little i don't know i was a pastry chef in my 20s while i was doing the struggling singer thing so i have a soft spot if they're good <laughs> and i think there are a lot of well, there are a lot of bad desserts, but there are also a lot of really good pastry chefs in the city too. This is Nancy Silverton set set a good bar in this town. So, oh, of what kind of where were you? Where were you a pastry chef? Mostly in Seattle and Atlanta. I was a a vegan pastry chef at the end of my days. Maybe that's what killed my restaurant yeah. career. <laughs> so that was early days. Early days for vegan yeah. pastry cooking. Where in Atlanta? In the Shade Cafe, Chris, do you remember bro, that? I think that might be before my time, and I'm not that young. I mean, that's I was you. it a vegan restaurant or or just it was a vegan restaurant in this like new age bookstore, and it like it had this kind of spectacular ending, um, allegedly with the owners doing illicit things. What kind of what Ooh. kind of illicit things are we talking about? Ripped from the headlines of bad vegan. Yeah, this does sound like bad vegan, right? Exactly. I know it. It I I I. I Watch that in one <laughs> thing. And, and I was like, yeah, there is. I mean, I can only speak from the 90s when I was myself vegan for six whole months and kind of hanging out <laughs> in that crowd. But I do remember that whole, like, it, it goes hand in hand with that kind of new age mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. But then, like, what's the underbelly? Some under- slippery characters. Yeah. Somebody could look at that scene and be like, "This, these are people that I can take advantage of quite easily." Probably, it's, it's yeah. cult. I mean, it's cult shit. It's like anything else, you know. That's kind of the vibe. Like you get people to believe, and then you can do whatever you want with them. Yep. You probably believe that your vegan croissants were good. That's how <laughs> twisted your mind was. You know what? They've cracked the code these days, Jason. <laughs> oh, go where? on, please. Where can you get a good vegan croissant? No, they do. They definitely do exist. And and looking since we're all sort of uh, aging ex-vegans, Chris is still keeping a vegan diet. But like we were vegan in the '90s, where it was the salad days, pun intended. 
of any type of vegan cookery. So to get like a Boca burger was like alchemy to us. And now totally so much has happened. We're pushing back. That's, that's a big through line on this podcast. We're pushing back on all these alternative meats. We're vegan Luddite traditionalists. Yeah. I want, I want a sandwich with sprouts on it or a Boca burger. I don't want genetically engineered bleeding fake meat. Like I'm all, I'm all, I am so with you. I don't want to eat some dumbass Monty's burger. Oh, get it out. And you know what? It's Southern California. Where are your vegetables at these restaurants? I know. It's kind of wild. Like vegetables are are luxuries, which is so fucked mm-hmm. up, right? But like beautiful <laughs> vegetables really are luxuries. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be yeah. the whole thing, right? We shouldn't be. It's not that we shouldn't be paying for incredible agriculture and mm-hmm. great vegetables should be affordable and vegan restaurants should not just be serving yeah. You know, artificial cow, but also like I think a lot of it is the the wheat grass is greener on the other side. Over here in California, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, I want to get some like dry aged bison from Montana, or that's where the best blah, blah blah is. And everyone in Montana is like, I could I'd kill for one of those radishes that looks like a watermelon over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're referring to watermelon radishes, I believe. Jason. That's right, Bill. You got it. Well, we we were just talking to Diplo, and he's he lives in Malibu, and he's like, I live in this tropical climate part of Malibu where there's like fruit growing and all these things everywhere. But he's a car- he has a carnivore diet. He just eats steak for breakfast, and, and you know that's it. And he's like, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've never felt better. After you get over the digestion issues for the first fortnight, I'm assuming. Oh, it's a fortnight. Okay. I uh, know. I think it's. He said. He said two weeks, Jason. Actually, so I don't know. Two weeks is the literal definition of a fortnight. But go off, Chris. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. Don't. No. Don't worry, Chris. I tried to tell you as sweet as possible, and don't worry. None of this will hit the the editing room floor. It'll all be in here. I mean, that's why. But that's no. part of the reason. We that we go to uh, South Beverly Grill is because that veggie burger is made from vegetables, much like Burger Lords, mm-hmm. our other favorite. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just a bunch of mashed up vegetables, and it tastes good. And also, <laughs> South Beverly Grill is part of that whole mm-hmm. music industry hangout situation. Mm-hmm. We went literally last week with Brady Snellis, and we were. It was so fucking popping. To the point where I'm like, is there something I'm missing here? It's like, <laughs> it's good. It's fine. Like, I like going here, but people, I see people. It's a people, status thing. Everyone wants to get the a, perfect it's a, booth. It's a fucking chain restaurant. You can't have a status at a chain restaurant. I mean, Nobu's a chain restaurant. But isn't it genius that they give that one Houston's a different name <laughs> and like slightly more? Oh, it's more, the most like, brilliant. I it's didn't even most, realize. Most... I walked in. Like Mr. S like took me there and I was like, okay, I'm going to like <laughs> go to one of your places every, you know, every several fortnights. I agree. <laughs> but, but I, I look everyone, every, every three months, Carrie <laughs> will go to one of Mr. Big's fancy steakhouses. Yep. When you want to go to an Ethiopian shack somewhere in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yummy. Um, hey now, hey. I'm gonna. I will defend those Ethiopian restaurants. Food. Of course, no, I love the Ethiopian very last food. Breath. I was trying to think of whatever was the exact opposite of a corporate steakhouse. That hey, babe, we're going for Ethiopian tonight. Make sure you wash your hands. Uh, okay. <laughs> Because you eat with your hands. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's that. I got lentils all over my Armani suit. Ugh. Okay, so sorry. Let's backtrack. Backtrack. So I just sat down at South Beverly Grill. 
And I was like, why does this menu look so familiar? Spinach artichoke dip. Why? Do you even know why they call it South Beverly Grill? I know exactly why, Bill. We've been told. Yeah, we've heard this whole legend story. Go ahead, Jason. It's, 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 it's just common. It's common fact. But the, the, the Houston's restaurant chain, which is the, the Hillstone Group, that's what it's called. Yep, yep. They, uh, to avoid having to put calorie counts on the menu, they had to diversify their portfolio. So it's the same restaurant 30 times all over the country. There's one in Dallas, there's one in Atlanta, there's one in LA. You know, every city has a Houston's, but they change the name for different locations so they never have to become uh, a chain restaurant in the eyes of the FDA. Okay. That's just smart business. It is. Yeah. And in Beverly Hills, you do not want that calorie count. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. No, because you go to Cheesecake Factory and you're like, one slice of carrot cake is 1,800 calories. No hyperbole. No hyperbole. No thanks. Is it really that? Is it really that? Is yeah, it that yeah, crazy? Yeah. There's there's many like many salads Jesus at Cheesecake Christ. Factory are over 2,000 calories. That's why I've never been to that shithole. Can I <laughs> can I tell you guys a secret? Please. I don't even know what that that calorie stuff you're talking about. I don't even know what that means. I never even learned what like an average smart. Calorie. They say that 2000 calories is the average daily allowance okay. of calories for all right. adults. You're, you're definitely over, but we all are. I And you know what? I, I have sort of an obsessive brain. So if I really knew all that stuff, like it would start to affect my job. And I don't I don't want to know that. So your brain is smart enough to kind of go into bimbo mode and just forget or not even acknowledge whole swaths of important information that that's pretty consistent with me <laughs> you're a submissive eater mm-hmm. <laughs> don't don't take no it bill it's not that no, kind no, of no. show it's not that kind of show submissive eater when you're really on your shit like how many meals a day are we having and what are we doing to kind of make sure our digestion stays on track what's the fitness routine like how do you manage all of that yeah bill they say never trust a skinny chef and I don't want to give away your identity, but you're no heifer. So why should we trust you? It is gay vanity. <laughs> gay it. vanity keeps it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, That's my superpower is metabolism. My mother, I'm using my hand. Oh, amazing. This big around. She is a small woman. So is my grandmother. I sort of look like them physically. I I inherited some some super otherworldly genes. So that's so that's good there. Uh I used to, I'll be honest, I, it's not that I'm slowing down on my job necessarily, but I used to eat like two meals a night on the eater rounds traveling the country. Jesus. And that was after lunch. And it sucked. Like, I just. <laughs> that sucked. I didn't feel good. Sometimes it was yeah. three dinners a night. I would save the the sushi or a Japanese meal for the end because it's always the lightest on my stomach. And I felt like I could still like be present and enjoy the meal. Whereas like, Mm -hmm. if you're saving the steakhouse for the end, I just be Mm. almost nauseous. And obviously it's not my job to be nauseous. It's my job to be there and be (laughs) present and like, want to like love Mm -hmm. this food or, or at least like, you know, uh, evaluate this food compassionately. Find the beauty in it. If there is any. Yeah. So uh, it's more, it's a, it's a one Dinner, a night lifestyle, a lead mount, and I'm grateful for it. How do I stay thin? How do I stay thin? I have only have one dinner a day. <laughs> yeah, I could, you know. Well, like you were saying before about you know you were when you were a younger person, you were able. It was much easier to write a negative review 
And it's the same thing with, you know, the amount of food you're able to put down and, and not feel absolutely disgusting. You know, it's a young person's game. Aging is wild. three dinners a day. Yeah. I don't like the cliches and the stereotypes and how they're true. I don't like facing that. <laughs> no, I mean, when I, was, when I was in my 20s and I started making a little money and going to nicer restaurants, I would be like, wow, I would love, like, imagine if I was a restaurant critic or Bourdain or, or Jay Gold or whatever, like, I would love to go and eat three dinners a night and like. That sounds so funny. You see it on TV. We're going to go to get Korean barbecue with David Chang. And then we're going to go to this place with this canceled chef. And then we're going to go to this place with this canceled chef. <laughs> and it's like a rock star lifestyle. It's going to be awesome. And now the um, idea of yeah. doing that, it sucks. Because I can't leave food on the t- on the plate. I have to eat it all. Well, that's 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 why you have to do more coke like these chefs, bro. You wouldn't be quite as <laughs> you wouldn't be quite as hungry. I, I think is part of the deal. That's why that's the, not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm just I'm here to help you, Chief. Coke before the dinner. <laughs> well, let's get back to horses. You you wrote a horses review. We've we've had a long standing relationship with horses. Oh, when it was Pikey and when it no was, no yeah. well yes, but also just the restaurant horses itself. We've we've we were early adopters uh, because we've had a roller coaster ride. There's been ups and downs, Bill. If I can be completely frank with you. Yes, you can. Yeah. But maybe while well, you're talking about the six-month slump, I think we may have experienced that on the service side of things where we got some we got some A-team, and when the A-team's cooking, oh, it's, it's amazing. When we had some B-team moments where we got some service that was a little tough. So then we were a little once bitten, twice shy, but we went last week, and we're back with their – the, you know they figured it out they got it cooking again okay and uh and i'm loving it so what do you love about horses what do i love about horses the vibe first of all the my man i'm a vibe guy so I'm, i stand with you what celebs were there when you go <sighs> you know what not any really recognizable one. kelly Rowland, gagoshi really for you like who did you see kelly Rowland. yeah who haven't we seen, honey? Right. No, there. I mean, we weren't there when Jay Z and Beyonce were there, but I feel like that is a a. That's about the pinnacle. That's a rite of passage. And then GQ did that Dior dinner there with like Robert Pattinson and Phoebe Bridgers and Andrew Garfield. Which yeah, when which, Jay or Beyonce mm. show up because they're now on the Mother Wolf circuit. Mm. I, I haven't been to Mother Wolf yet. What what say you? Tough table to get right now. Real tough table. The situation is that you have to be on your app. At midnight, your Resi app at midnight? No, no, no. We can get a table. Jason, we can get a table there for Friday night at 8 o'clock. I mean, I'm pretty sure Evan Funky hates me, but I, I'll make a call. I'll give him a DM. Evan, Evan, Evan Funky hates you, but he needs you in the room. Bill, you've been. I have been. Yes. I like it. So, But it's just like pizza, right? And no, pasta. No. And pasta. It, it's, it's very similar to the Felix menu, I'm assuming. It is pretty. It actually is like he he puts forth that it's... Uh, a Roman menu, and there are some Roman dishes. There's this Roman. killer, this killer salt and boca situation. If you, you know, kind of want to keep it low on the carbs, mm-hmm. that I really like there. But it is, it is not. I would not say it's a strictly Roman menu. Mm-hmm. Um, good, actually, good desserts there. One of my favorite pastry chefs. Okay. Shout out to Shannon Swindle, the Swindler. Yep, he's good. I can eat those fucking. S- squash blossoms just exactly. just two du- like oysters i can i just can't stop popping those fucking things cocktails are good scene is popping feels mm-hmm. a little vegas in there it's in west hollywood right it's in hollywood proper proper hollywood when is it in a hotel it's next to a hotel 
You know what the terrible thing is? I'm still learning. Oh, why am I even saying this out loud? I'm still learning my LA geography. Forgive me, LA. So I, I go where my, no, that's okay. I go where my Google Maps take me, so I can tell you that it is like in the heart of Hollywood, and it feels like Hollywood, and the vibe is like mm-hmm. actors, Obamas, mm-hmm. <laughs> Beyonce, bodyguards. Yeah, I I do want to go. I do want to go. I mean, I've eaten his food. And Jason, you probably have too at this point in private settings at people's houses more than I have in his restaurants. And that does come off like a brag, doesn't it? Yeah, that's some baller <laughs> type situation. I've that, I've right. never I've never paid for it. I just want to be clear, I've never paid for it. Nice, but I I do think that the I mean, and it, he does bring a nice bottle of wine as a good and it's fucking good. But I I I mean, I've been to I went to Felix once, like right when it opened. But I bet I, I bet it hits a lot harder in the restaurant setting. I mean, the thing that's just interesting about no? Mother Wolf is that. The the speaking of soul, like the soul of it is the same as Felix in Venice, but it's this huge production, so it becomes mm-hmm. just one of the elements of an evening there. Where I feel like at Felix, like it's all about the food, and in yeah. Mother Wolf, it's all about the spectacle. And the the good news is that you're you're generally eating quite well mm-hmm. there too. It, it gives it gives a home and a scene. For this amazing food and then the food and you know to not have to go to venice is a blessing i'll agree with you on that sorry <laughs> i'll do it i'll do any i'll do anything to eat pasta so i'm assuming so that means that means you don't live on the west side bill are you allowed to divulge what neighborhood you're in yeah i live yeah i live in the echo park area okay we'll catch we'll catch bill at lassen's you know what i mean we'll catch bill at cookbook you'll catch me a cookbook i know bougie bougie cookbook but that's citrus <laughs> is no joke up in cookbook that's some good is it that good is it really that good cookbook has the best produce just period in the country i would say they have my favorite produce out of any place i've been to in america i'm gonna agree with you jason also they have these like peanuts that they get in every <laughs> once in a while that are truly extraordinary you said peanuts bill peanuts are they shell shell on uh, the southerner tells you that there are these shell peanuts that come in a jar that like you can drink out of two. I'm showing sure. an actual peanut <laughs> jar with the label peeled off that I drink out of like a Southerner. You're really mm-hmm. you're really adapting, combining Southern quality mason jar with LA sustainability, and I love to see it. I was I was down in the South. I don't remember what city I was in, but I went to a place and I had the, the peanuts inside the Coca-Cola. Is that a thing that you've enjoyed before, Bill? It is a thing I've enjoyed, and I'm going to say that you were probably in either North Carolina or South Carolina. That's a Carolina's specialty, too. Is that a Carolina's thing? It was probably in North Carolina. The pe- the peanut crop is big in North Carolina and Virginia. It was it was a I went to a bar and they give you like the the tall Mexican Coke in the in the glass bottle. The guy handed it to me and he's like, "Take a sip." I take a sip out of it. He he takes it back, pours Jack Daniels in it to the top, and then drops some peanuts down in and hands the Coke back to you. And I was like, oh, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but this is sick. You're making me miss the South, man. I'm more of a boiled <laughs> side of the road, boiled mm-hmm. peanuts guy. Well, that's because you know of Georgia. That's right. That's right. I've uh, It's nothing for me to drive down to Tifton, you know, pick up some peanuts on the way down. Preach. Saving <laughs> me. Say it. Oh, Call Chris, it out. Look. Bill, Bill, you more of a Bill, you more of a skull guy or a Copenhagen man? 
Wait, repeat that question. Were you being you've never you've never dipped? Oh no, you a chaw head? I've never put chewing tobacco in my That's mouth. Succeeding. That's succeeding. I I actually haven't either. I mean, I appreciate hearing that because sometimes I feel like I I missed out. You ever smoke cigarettes, Bill? Never once. I've never done cocaine. What? I've never. Yeah, Bill. I was like, here's the thing. You smoked a little grass though, right? Come on, Bill. A couple times. Only in like the last five years when it was legal. <laughs> Isn't that lame? I know. Damn. Here's the Narc thing. Ass Bill. I'm gonna be, I know. Earnestness. Earnestness. It's horrible. <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll horrify you even more. Not only Please. was I very concerned about preserving the quality of my vocal cords when I was uh, okay. that, That's fair. No, but that's then fair. I was a serious, like no joke. Zen practitioner in my 20s, too. Not like the bad spiritual vegan thing either, but like that shit hurts your knees when you sit on a couch for like, or for 45 minutes on a Zafu, like a cushion for 45 minutes straight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Explain this career to you were a Zen practitioner. Yeah, I mean, but that wasn't a career. That's just, uh, that was my spiritual lifestyle. Yeah. Because the woman who became kind of my writing mentor, a woman named Natalie Goldberg, she wrote a book called Writing Down the Bones that you may or may not have heard of from that. Writing Down the Bone. Yeah, it's a good book. Anyway. Okay, I'll check it out. She kind of combined her Zen practice into how she taught writing and I became inspired to sit Zen very seriously. And then I became a food writer and food replace my spiritual practice well if you combine both of those then you've got the macrobiotic diet i've pitched that mm-hmm. that story to book agents and they laughed so <laughs> literally laughed out loud so i was like okay to do a, like a cross between zen i mean i think we can get don't give up on this bill okay. there's got to be an angle there yeah well especially in today's i mean i think things have changed where there's more of an appetite for that no pun intended sorry nice chris <laughs> nice than there was maybe 10 years ago. Well, Bill, speaking of the opposite of that, I want to talk really quick before we're closing things down about food trends. Obviously, you know, LA has had many a food trends. You got the poke bowls, you got the hot chicken, and now we're balls deep in smash burgers. Would you agree with that? I would, yes. Okay, and and as smash burgers, we're, we're, we're losing interest in them a little bit. You know, the bloom is a little bit off the Martin's potato roll rose and yet do they ever go away in los angeles <laughs> no that's a lot that's la culture it that's is like LA. la's food what uh, what hamburger i mean hamburger yeah. is never gonna go away yeah but uh, i mean right now we're we're being beaten over the head by smash burgers every restaurant's pivoting to doing a smash burger and it'll surely implode soon mm. and as a food expert who pays attention to the cycles of cuisine what's going to be next Can I be honest and say that I am trying in the emergent pandemic world? Mm -hmm. Unprecedented times. I don't believe in trends anymore. I don't want to believe in trends anymore. I hate trends. (laughs) I've always kind of hated trends. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's just something that, you know, the, the food media culture makes you focus on. And so I just want to observe what comes up. I'll tell you what's coming up right now, which is like really cool modern korean food oh is that the yang yangbang place yangbang society which is yangbang you know korean restaurants good when it has the word society in the name that's just gonna fucking hit exactly yes i plan on going there soon you should Um, they got a korean chili cheese french fry there is that what i hear bill yeah and they're mighty they make they they cover it in like a, a riff on bolognese but they incorporate like black bean sauce into it too so it's like umami times 10 and then and then they 
cover it with a blanket of mozzarella. This is this truly disgusting. They should have never given cheese to Koreans. I'll say that. <laughs> because they fuck it up. They use it in beautiful ways. They put their foot into it. All the respect. <laughs> oh, now you're speaking Southern idiom. Yeah, this is full circle. He loves he loves stealing our valor. It's, it's- <laughs> I love I love putting my foot in my cooking as well as making things um, make you want to slap your mama and stuff like that, Bill. <laughs> I think your answer, your non-answer, was actually a very great, earnest answer. And I wish that we would enter a world that never had trends, but I don't. I think it's pretty unavoidable, and it's really out of our hands and out of our control, unless you are truly a gatekeeping tastemaker. You know, if if you are a Diplo type of person or a you type of person, you have that power to con control the narrative yeah i would say it's the media i would i would say it's the food media at the top of that chain to an extent And since you have that control of moving the needle of where we're moving why don't you let me just take a couple couple swings at it how about you do that i'll be your ghost rider i want to carry the narrative of food and we can use your platform was it the la times something like that uh, yeah maybe you've heard of it los <laughs> angeles times largest newspaper i think that'll be a good spot yeah jason what's it what's a trend that you're seeing yeah, what, what, you, what is your what do you think? i haven't noticed any emerging trends of what's going on the korean hot dog thing is very popular in new york i guess i'm less in, concerned as i'm getting older as well of like those type of kind of fickle trends like a like a hot Cheeto corn dog and more about a, mm-hmm. a a vibe shift or a more larger whole scale movement, perhaps. Exactly. Like Cacio Pepe is inescapable. Like what does it mean that, mm-hmm. that Cacio Pepe is inescapable? I think all it means is like people like salty, peppery, creamy flavors, right? It's just another iteration of the same thing that like makes us feel good as humans. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm here for it, but I don't, I'm going to like go back on my, on my Buddhist haunches and not get too attached to it. <laughs> Bill, last question. <laughs> Speaking of creamy, what is our cereal intake? What brands and then what style of milk are we drinking with that cereal? Oh, she's thinking. I haven't had cereal in like 20 years wow okay he's an elevated being tj okay what kind of milk is in your fridge right now bill none hell yeah but i will say hold on let me get it (laughs) none i like none that's a cool answer so like you know i i i love my my man very much (laughs) oh no i make pour overs every morning like a uh, like a you know a beautiful from like yeah. beans from farmers that are hopefully paid well etc. And then for his, <laughs> I prefer this. You have some sustainable fair I don't trade even just beans. Put the Nestle coffee mate triple churned and twice as richer than milk French vanilla flavor creamer into his coffee. I heat it up for him. Wow! Pour it into the coffee, <laughs> and I eat a handful of those bomb ass peanuts <laughs> and that's it that's all i need because i'm eating so much the rest of the day you were he was holding a gallon size coffee mate french vanilla bigger than his head really literally and big. so you yeah. have that so you got some truck stop pour over <laughs> coffee handful of peanuts for breakfast yeah 
The insides of your body must be a war zone. Well, wait, I'm not ingesting this. Oh, it's just for Mr. S. You just have peanuts. It's oh. not for Mr. S. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. No, I've never. Oh, okay. This smells like like Christmas, weird Christmas ornament cookies, like rice crispy treats. That Let the record show Bill does not have coffee made. That's yeah, no, Mr. No, 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 Mr. S. Mr. S is a freak. That's a crazy Mr. drink. Mr. S has some tastes, and you know what? You just gotta, you gotta compromise and love. You know, going back to Sex in the City, this is like the episode where Carrie's fighting for some space in the in the medicine cabinet. Oh, that's Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna horrify your. It was Aiden who moved in, and she wanted some space. Mm. Sorry, you just found yourself a Sex in the City expert. I don't know, Bill. I'm pretty sure she nope. Carrie wants to put some things in Bill in uh, not in Bill in in Biggs medicine cabinet and 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 bigs like what the hell is this is this a hair dryer or something like that oh maybe that's a different episode and season you're talking about because there was the one when aiden <laughs> moves in and is the second hour is just going to be about this <laughs> yeah you guys see that and just like that got renewed for second season we did it's oh, yeah. i'm not happy about it but <laughs> how much you did know. you love and just like that i wouldn't say that i loved it but i also watched every episode watched every episode those characters were like part of my like formative mm-hmm. 30s so yeah, i don't mind i kind of like growing old with them me too no, no no i i love i love what unabashedly watched every episode thank you absolutely loved it yeah even if it wasn't all great and there there's some real cringe moments but you know what i'm still i'm still in i'm still watching woke alert <laughs> well, will she even sign on i, I oh know. she She's yeah what else so, is she gonna do so dogged but She's i fucked I, her I career's over well. if she doesn't play that She's character so great um in gray's anatomy oh i forgot that she was in gray's anatomy yeah, see? bill you go deep i like that <laughs> she's been around she's been around she's been a working actor for a very long time exactly so let this not derail her pray for che bill thank you for joining us thanks for having me guys this was check out latimes.com slash food is that what it is that's that's exactly right perfect you got it. thank you perfect all right bill well next time we go out to one of these cool corporate steakhouses we will give you a dm would you like to dine with us one day i will as long as i can bring mr s because no that. me me you tj mr s at a at a corporate steakhouse that sounds like yeah, a great bill, i need Thursday you to bring night. two things bring mr s and the LA Times uh, black card, and then we can go wherever you want, honey. I'll get you tables that you didn't even know existed. I'm just going to let you roll with that fantasy, and, uh, and, and may it be so. Thanks, guys. It's the-